This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz and this is an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today I want to talk to you about uh, discipline and I have uh, seven tips uh, that will help you. I want to thank our sponsors, Fast Track, Micro Business for Teens, an awesome online class created by uh, Carol Top that will help you or your teens jumpstart your business. And I want to thank K12.com, an online school um, that has classes and more for your students. So uh, you'll want to check those out. And we're going to learn a little bit more about those later on in this broadcast. Well, today I want to talk about discipline. And I um, did a podcast, uh, podcast 147, um, where I shared uh, some information um, about uh, being in control of your life. Um, a little bit of an oxymoron, we're never really in control, but some tips to help you feel more in control. How's that? Um, but in that podcast, I shared that I was going to um, share with you a story today, and I'm going to do that in just a bit. So I'm going to get right into um, my points here. So number one um, is to explain what you expect ahead of time, and that's where the story comes in. I'm going to tell the little pool story. Uh, so while my daughter, um, Christina, my second oldest, uh, was expecting her baby, um, she asked me to watch the little kids. And usually I don't have any problem with that because I have my uh, my people to help me. And that is um, Ann and Mike. And Ann just turned 18 and Mike's just turned 16. So with an 18 and a 16-year-old and a grandma, you would think, you know, I've got it all under control. Well, um, Ann and Mike took a couple of classes at the local uh, college uh, this year's dual enrollment, and then they also had sports in the afternoon, so that meant Grandma was going to be by herself. So um, I was going to have all six little ones uh, from 10 down to one and a half at the time uh, by myself. So I had to set some rules and parameters, and so when they came over, um, I told them what we were going to do and what to expect, and they were really good, and they followed directions really well. Well, then they wanted to go in the pool, and so I thought, hmm, I'm going to take them in the pool by myself. That could be very dangerous um, because three out of the six uh, don't swim, or let's put it this way, number four child swims, but not um, you know, where I would just trust him to be in the pool by himself. So I said to them, well, let me ask your mom. And Christina's like, are you sure you're up for it? And I said, yeah, I think I think I can handle it. And um, so I did this with people home. I wasn't all by myself, but nobody was coming into the pool with me. They were just around the house and, you know, milling around or doing their thing and walking by, you know, mowing lawn or doing whatever. So it wasn't like I was completely alone with the, the little ones. And so um, I... 
um, explained the rules. And I just said, you know, basically, I didn't say, oh, these are the rules and you can't do this and you can't do that. I just said, um, this is what grandma expects. And I, you know, showed them the pool and I said, um, what's going to happen if, if you don't do what grandma expects? And they said, well, you're going to make whoever's bad get out. And I said, no, I'm going to make everyone get out. And they were like giving me big eyes. And, um, you know, they started to complain. And I said, okay, just hold on. Let me explain what we're going to do. And so I basically broke the pool down into quadrants. And I said, okay, you three that can swim, you can go in the deep end, you can come in the shallow end. But I really want you to stay in the deeper end of the pool. For those of you that can't swim, you're going to stay in the shallow end with grandma. The baby is going to stay with, you know, grandma. Olivia's got to stay with grandma in her ring. And grandma's holding on to the ring and Olivia because I do not trust her out of my sight. And Benny can and Alex like to jump into the pool. And so I showed him what side of the pool they could jump into and where. And, you know, they needed some direction because they got a little too close to the steps. And so they were so good. They listened. um, They didn't run around. They um, did what they were told. And, you know, if if they were getting a little bit too excited, you know, I had to calm them down and after about, um, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, I make them sit out just a little bit and rest. Um, because they get tired, they're so excited, and they love to be in the pool that they um, forget how tired they are. And then, you know, things can happen. So I made them sit out there, and we had a little drink. And, um, and so it all worked out. And so um, I told I've told this story before and people are shocked that I take the little kids in and I haven't done it just one time. In fact, I just took them in yesterday and that was the third time I've done this and um, they are so good and yesterday we were in the pool about two hours and I didn't even realize it was that long because they keep me so busy. So the the girls want me to uh, and um, Alex, so the, the three oldest want me to Um, give them like Olympic style scores with their diving. And so yesterday, because I have my hands full with the little one, I said, I can't do that unless, you know, I take the little ones out of the pool so I can concentrate on giving you guys your scores, you know, one through 10. And um, so I just said, I would just tell you, tell them if they did, you know, how they did and and so forth. And I, you know, that was great. Oh, that was one of your best ever's or whatever. And the point I want to make here is not that, you know, I deserve the the medal of the year as super grandma, but that they knew what the expectations were and they knew what was going to happen if they didn't follow those expectations. They knew where to be and what I expected and what was expected um, from them and from me. So, it is really important to explain to the kids ahead of time um, what to expect. We're going to take a really quick commercial break. And when we come back, I am going to explain to you uh, the second step, which is teaching your children how to listen. We'll be right back. Are you ready to start earning some money this week? Now there's a way to start making money while managing your business life. Discover the power of being your own boss and start a micro business. Micro businesses can be run from home, meaning little overhead and extreme convenience. Carol Top, certified public accountant and founder of Micro Business for Teens, is the author of 
fast track starting a micro business. She has inspired hundreds of teens and adults to start a micro business through her Micro Business for Teens books, videos, and podcasts. This online course is available on sale for a limited time. You'll find book excerpts, videos, audios, and fill-in PDFs all to help you start and run a successful micro business. Ready to get started? Visit FastTrack.MicroBusinessForTeens.com. That's FastTrack.MicroBusinessForTeens.com and begin your business today. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college success beyond high school, they deserve an education designed for them. Learn more at k12.com forward slash listen about enrolling. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, or analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to find colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students for grades K-12 through Visit k12.com forward slash listen or call 855-628-9529 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com forward slash listen or call 855-628-9529. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz with Vintage Homeschool Moms. I really want to thank our sponsors, uh, Fast Track Micro Business for Teens and K12.com uh, for sponsoring this episode and bringing you um, these podcasts for free. So if you have not uh, subscribed on iTunes, um, I recommend that you do that, or you can go to VintageHomeschoolMoms.com and listen to this podcast, episode 148, or any of the previous podcasts. You can listen on your time, you can download it on your computer, um, or you can just uh, listen on the website. So um, something we would love for you to do is share this episode. There's all kinds of social media buttons, and you can even email uh, the episode to a friend. So if you think it would be helpful, I really would appreciate you doing that. Um, Okay, so we talked about explaining ahead of time um, what you expect from the kids. And the second is to teach your children how to listen. Um, When I was teaching, we had all kinds of different uh, hand signals we used and things like that. So we would, um, if we brought the kids in from recess or we, after lunch, sometimes they would be talking. And so um, I would raise my hand with the number one, like one, two, and three all meant something different. So one was for quiet. And sometimes the kids would yell quiet and I would just say, you know, we don't do that. And I explained, you know, we're just going to, I'm just going to hold up a number one. So if the kids saw me do that, they would all start holding up their hands till everybody was on the same page and everyone knew uh, to get in their seats um, that we were going to start the day's lesson. Um, And so 
there were that was a really good technique that worked in the school setting and was not going to work so much at home. So, um, you know, one of the things I did with the little kids, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a background in education, but also a certification in preschool, uh, which is why I get along really well with the little ones and also um, a degree that encompassed um, learning disabilities. So um, I had certification in that too. So I could teach K through 12 and even preschool. So um, came in very handy as a homeschool mom and grandmother, believe you me. Um, So like we would, we would do little rhymes and I would say to the kids, um, I'm going to say one, two, three, and then you're going to answer with eyes on me. And so I would say one, two, three, and the kids would say eyes on me. And that meant they needed to be quiet and to listen. So it was a fun way to get their attention without saying, okay, you guys stop talking. It's time for us to start, you know, come on, come on. And, you know, you can find all kinds of little things like that, uh, that you can do with your kids. Um, of course, I'm talking about the little ones here, although probably the teenagers would think that was funny. Um, you know, teach your kids to come when they're called. Um, That is a very simple thing. And this is practicing the behaviors that you want here when I say teach your children how to listen. Uh, So um, one day my daughter came over and she said, sorry, grandma, but Benny is going to come into the other room with me and we're going to practice him coming because I called him and he did not come. So you go ahead and do all the fun things that you guys are going to do. And when we're done, Ben can join you. So of course, poor little Ben's all upset and he doesn't get to come do all our fun stuff. And he trots in the other room with his mom and I hear her saying, Benny, come to mama. And and, um, you know, when I hear, you know, him running to her, and then he'd say, Yes, mom, because she taught him when you come, you're to respond, Yes, mom. And so you're teaching your children how you want them to respond. I've done this even with my teens that sometimes I'll say, Do you understand what I'm talking about? And I'll get a yeah. And I'll just look at them. And they may not be looking at me because sometimes they want to lose that eye contact because they don't want to look into my eyes that aren't going to be very happy eyes as I'm looking back. And, um, and then they're going to say yes, mom, because they know that's what I'm waiting for. Um, The next thing is to have very short explanations and sentences that you're using, especially for your younger ones. And I will tell you even for the older ones, because they're going to glaze, be glazy eyed and and tune you out. Um, My husband is the master of going into great detail and halfway through the kids have zoned out. And so um, we have come up with our own little loving gesture where I put my hand on his arm um, and, you know, refrain from wanting to, you know, um, do anything like, uh, they're not listening, uh, they've zoned out again, because you've gone into such a long explanation. I mean, that's not very loving, right? So we have had to later, I said to my husband, you know, you lost him halfway through. And I can I like gently touch your arm and, and kind of let you know, you know, because we get into our explanations, and we're bringing in, you know, scripture and everything else and really getting into what we're trying to teach our children. And a lot of times they've zoned out. So with the teens, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but I ask a lot of questions and I engage them and I want discussion because that's going to keep their attention. And you can do that with the little ones as well. And 
I want to talk about um, setting boundaries here. Okay, so when you set boundaries, what exactly does that mean? My kids know um, what is expected and what is permitted. And so when they're little, um, kids like to get together, especially when you're on field trips. And how many times have you been somewhere where somebody wants so-and-so to come to your house or they want to go to somebody else's house? And I remember that got to be a problem when my kids were little. They were always wanting to go to somebody else's house. And so in order to combat that, um, we had a rule that we were not um, going to do this unless it had been prearranged. So going into the field trip, they knew when they saw whoever, you know, when Christina saw Gabby or um, Neil saw his friends, you know, that that was going to be prearranged and they were going to get together. So my children knew ahead of time. Um, They also knew that... I did not like them spending the night at all. So we had a no spend the night rule. Did they try to bend it? Uh, Yes, on many occasions. And um, I'm not going to share the story about that. But um, believe me, the consequences um, were were severe when they pushed it and I didn't want them to do it. And you know, the 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 other um, thing is I can really Um, count on one hand almost the number of times that my kids like went to the movies with friends if they wanted to watch a movie especially nowadays with you know all of our access to digital media and you know we had a lot of VHS movies and DVDs and um, you know a huge living room I would always say to the kids I would rather rent a movie and you can watch it at home or even have your friends come over and watch a movie um And we um, arranged to have, you know, a teen night or something like that at my house rather than always wanting to go out to the movies because it's very costly. And having big families, you know, it gets to the point where, um, you know, it's almost not affordable to be able to go to the movies anymore. And so that brought to mind something that happened in the national news. And that was a situation. um, There was a bar that closed down as a bar for one night. And they had uh, 12-year-olds to, I believe, 18-year-olds come to this event. And no alcohol was served. And I don't know. There was music and dancing. And I don't know what exactly happened. But when... um, the kids were getting ready to leave and their parents were coming to pick them up. It was midnight. And at that point, um, children as young as 12 um, were basically shot um, outside of this, this place as they were waiting for their rides home. And, um, and it made the national news. And the only thing I could think of besides praying, you know, for these, these people that were affected by this was, you know, my kids would not have even asked to attend something like this, they would have known it wasn't, it was not allowed, and they wouldn't even have brought it up. And, you know, I just wonder, parents, do we set our boundaries? Do we set our rules so that our kids know well in advance of what is going to be acceptable? Now, is it fine to go to the movies with your friends? Sure. You know, I'm not saying that kids can't do that. Um, But is it acceptable for a 12 year old to be out Um, until midnight with kids as old as 18 and something that is a bar but was not serving alcohol that night just for the sake of having a teen event you know I don't know I just know that we need to send boundaries set boundaries for our kids and really um, 
you know, allow them to understand um, and understand our position and what we what is expected of them. Uh, the third point is um, implementing your discipline. So a lot of times we're so upset when something happens, we don't know what to do. So um, under number three, I've got A, identify the issue, B, find a solution, C, explain the consequences, D, ask if they understand and have them tell you back um, what they understand, and E is follow through. So I'm going to share with you a situation that really happened in our home, and um, I was so upset, I really didn't know what to do at that point, and so um, now it's kind of a matter of fact, I go through these things in my head, but um, at the time, I was just shocked, and I think that shocked shock helped because, um, you know, I, I could formulate what I was going to say. So um, my two boys decided that it would be a good idea to put the archery um, uh, bullseye thing in front of my six-foot sliding glass doors um, that go into my bedroom. Um, and my, my bedroom goes out to the Lanai um, where the pool is. And so they set up this archery thing. And later, my little son told me um, the reason why. But in the meantime, um, they decided to take turns and shoot this bow and arrow. And the next thing I hear from inside the house is shattering glass. And my heart just drops because I don't know what happened. And I go running outside and I see my glass door is, um, it was like the weirdest sound of glass breaking. And it just, it, it shattered down. Like it didn't, on impact, it didn't um, like shoot everywhere. It just kind of like, almost like a, a windshield in a car that would, would shatter. But then, of course, you know, the glass came crumbling down. And so I obviously identified the issue. Well, my boys had um, been irresponsible and made some poor decisions. And um, and so obviously I had to, you know, find a solution to this. You know, what do I do? Um, I really wanted to scream, but instead I decided to ask a question. And so I said, so what, do you, what were you guys thinking? And uh, Michael said, well, um, you know, I, Nick, put the um, bow and arrow there, the the um, the target there, because we were tired of chasing them out in the grass. And so he just thought that it would, you know, the arrows, he didn't think it would break the glass, he just thought it would be a good, good way to stop it. And he said, um, I told Nick that this is my little boy, you know, my younger one at the time, I think he's like all of six, and Nick's like 11 or 12. And so Mike goes, and I told Nick it could break the glass. And Nick said, don't miss. Very wise words from his brother, right? Just don't miss. And of course, he missed. And there went my glass. So now I had a reason um, that it happened. I identified the issue, um, you know, and so what was the solution? Well, the solution was they were going to go get uh, work gloves and pick up the glass. So they went and got the big trash can from outside and they picked up this glass uh, very carefully. And so after it was all picked up um, and their dad came home to put up a sheet of plywood, I'm very blessed that my husband's in the construction industry that we have these kinds of things around the house. Um, We explained the consequences and the consequences were that when we called the repairman to fix the glass, they were going to pay the cost. And so, um, you know, the boys were not upset and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to cost thousands of dollars. And I said, do you understand what happened? What, you know, what, um, 
the consequences are. And they said, yes, you, you're going to make us pay for it. And we don't have enough money. And I said, well, if we need to, we'll have to get some money out of your, you know, bank, um, your bank accounts. And so, of course, then they were very, very upset. So we called the glass repair man who happened to be a friend of my in-laws. And um, he was in his 70s back then. And, um, and so he came and, ha- you know, knew exactly what kind of glass we had. And because uh, my our doors are a little bit older. And so he actually had them in stock. And so he brought them and it was going to cost $100 for the glass and the installation. I think he gave us a break. And so um, Nicholas um, helped him while he was here. I had Nicholas go, you know, help and carry tools and Michael as well. And he told me how helpful my boys were. And he was really impressed with how helpful they were. And so um, the funny story about this is years later, um, Nicholas went to work with Mr. Ryder on occasion. And even now, if he's slow, he'll call Mr. Ryder, who's now well into his 80s and still going strong. Um, And, you know, it's kind of a lost art to have replacement parts for a window instead of having to replace the window or door, you can just replace the parts. And Nick's worked for him on occasion, even now. And the funny story is that Mr. Ryder could not believe I made my children pay and they did they had cash that they um, had had to pay Mr. Ryder with and actually, um, Michael didn't have to pay as much. Nicholas had to pay the bulk of it. Um, you know, I believe Nicholas paid $70 and Michael paid uh, 30 And that was because, you know, Nicholas was su- su- supposedly, uh, being five years older, more responsible. And um, the boys still talk about that. <laughs> of course, they still think it's a little bit unfair. Um, and Mr. Ryder sided with them. Um, but the fact is that they understood the consequences. I asked them if they understood. Obviously, they did. You know, they told me they did. They paid for the door. That was restitution. And we followed through with it. And I don't have to, you know, share with you probably something you you've already surmised is my boys never did that again. They learned their lesson. And so not that other dumb things didn't happen. But that one incident was not repeated. Uh, So again, a very, very important lesson. Um, number four is to set guidelines, not to be confused with rules. Um, my kids know, especially my teenagers, that there aren't going to be devices, as I call them, anything electronic in their rooms. Um, even Kindles or Nooks or whatever, can they can use them, but they are not to be in their rooms overnight. Uh, so if they're reading in their rooms or, you know... Um, or on the phone, that's fine, they can be in their room. But in the in before they go to bed, everything has to be we have a little charging station in our off our kitchen, and that's where everything goes. And, you know, it's very, very important to me that my children's um, electronics is locked down. We have a couple of really good episodes on vintage or on um, ultimate homeschool radio network on on this. In fact, I just saw a couple that are very um, good for um, parents to listen to. Um, one that was just recorded by Homeschooling IRL, you know, what happens if your children um, have been exposed to porn, um, others on how to um, lock down those devices. And so if you go to ultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com, and you search in the search button on the website um, for some of the topics you're looking for. It will show you all the podcasts um, related to that. Um, and so, 
you know, you've got to set those guidelines so the kids know what's expected, um, you know, similar to setting boundaries. Um, and so no, that was number four. Number five is um, have the kids do activities that build self-discipline. Um, disciplining your children is important. Teaching them uh, self-control is, is equally as important. So activities such as sports, music, um, working, uh, doing tours around the house, memorization of scripture, all of these things um, teach your children discipline. I'm going to do a podcast. Uh, the next one, 149, is on memorization and um, and an explanation about how important that is, and especially um, as your children are younger. Um, but I s- disagree with the studies that have been done that say that you you know, like the whole, you can't teach an um, old dog new tricks, you definitely can improve your memory, as well as um, your ability to do things um, as you age. So don't think that just because you're, you know, your teens haven't spent any time uh, doing this, that they can't because they definitely can. And um, this number six is set your kids up for success, tell them what you expect. Uh, For example, when you're going into a store, hands behind your back or in your pockets, um, but also um, setting them up to be successful. Um, I've seen a lot of kids, I feel like, you know, there aren't parents that go around going, oh, well, today I'm going to make my kids' lives miserable. Oh, it's going to be a great day. Or kids that wake up saying, oh, today I'm just going to be as horrible. I'm going to have like three temper tantrums and I'm just going to be, you know, a brat. You know, nobody premeditates this. We may think each of the other does, but it doesn't, you don't, it's not real. I mean, you don't really do that. But how is it that sometimes it just seems like we set our kids up for failure? You know, if your child has a hard time staying away from, let's say, candy, you cannot put a dish of candy out, parents, on the counter and say, well, my children need to have discipline, you know, self-discipline and not eat the candy. Um, we have to set our kids up for success. We have to put things that are temptations out of their sight, not to say that we're, let's say we go to a party, and there is going to be all this candy and whatever out there. Um, We need to let our kids know ahead of time, look, there's going to be cookies and cake, and you're welcome to have one. Um, If you want a second cookie or a second piece of whatever, you know, please come ask me. And, um, you know, if they're jumping off the wall, you know, or bouncing off the walls, you're going to say, I don't think you need any more sugar. Um, If they are, you know, um, seeming to be well behaved, then you may say, sure, you can have another cookie. Um, But remember, if you eat too many cookies, your tummy's going to hurt. And just like a simple little reminder. But we want to set our kids up for success. We want them Um, to be able to monitor themselves and teach them that. And that's where, you know, teaching them obedience and practicing some of these things are really helpful. And the last point I want to make is using affirmations, using positive words to encourage your children daily. Um, My daughter, again, my poster child for doing it right, and that's my daughter, Christina, with all the little ones. She is amazing at using her words. Um, The other day, uh, the kids came over and my daughter and her husband went out for their anniversary and they took their little baby with them and they left the six other ones. And so Sammy was in charge of packing up the clothes and she packed jammies because they were going to be here late and she packed their bathing suits because grandma was taking them in the pool and then she packed shorts because 
um, and, and t-shirts because they were coming right after church and then they went out to lunch and then they came to my house. And so that way they could change out of their church clothes into play clothes and after the pool put play clothes on and then later put jammies on. Well, Sam had a little bit of a hard time and so some of the things were missing like her own clothes but never fear because Emma packed another set of clothes because she was fearful that Sammy wouldn't pack what she wanted to wear. And you know, and, and on it went. And so overall, she did, Sam, Samantha did a fabulous job. She packed towels, she packed goggles, she packed everyone's bathing suit, um, and, and so on. But when it came to jammies and some of the other things, um, you know, some things were missing. So um, when my daughter came back, and I was helping her get jammies on the kids, um, she noticed that there were some things missing. And so instead of saying, Oh, my gosh, Samantha, I can't believe you didn't pack this stuff. You know, she just said, you know, hey, Sam, you know, you did a great job. You remembered most things, but um, we're missing a couple of little things here. And maybe next time when you get ready to pack everything, if you can come show mommy really quick, and I can go over it with you and help you. And, you know, Samantha had a big smile on her face and, you know, she wasn't reprimanded for forgetting stuff. And, you know, they may do, they put a t-shirt on instead of a jammy top and whatever, you know, and somebody had shorts instead of a jammy bottom, but it was okay. And, and she wasn't upset and she still used words of affirmation to build up her child and then set her up for success. Next time we do this, we're going to do such and so. And, um, you know, and so that is so good. It is so good, you know, to hear parents to um, that are so loving and uplifting of their children, because it makes everything better. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, If you want the show notes, some of the points I've gone over, you can find them at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Um, look for the episode on discipline and it is podcast 148. Again, a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Fast Track Micro Business for Teens and K12.com. Thanks so much. God bless. And I will see you soon or talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.